All right, good morning, everybody. Y'all happy it's a new year? Everybody likes New Year's Eve. Why? Partly because they get to get out and party, but the other thing is they always see hope in that new beginning of the next year. And so personally, as I've been praying through this, and personally, I know I've told you before, and I'm going to mention it again today, find, over the next 21 days, we're going to be praying as a body, as a church. If you are friends with me on Version Bible app, or if you have the Version Bible app, um, invite me to be a friend. I'll invite you to a devotional that we started this morning called Seek. Our word this year for our church is seek. We want to seek the one who is lost. We want to seek God. We want to seek peace. We want to seek joy. and We want to help others find it. Now, if you go in and you find a synonym of seek, it's search. It's to investigate. And so that's really what we want to do this year as a church, is we want to get deeper with God, but not just know more, but do more. Because we can seek a treasure, but we want to pull the treasure out the ground, right? Otherwise, it's useless. So as we seek Jesus this year, we want to pull him into us more and do more with what he's given us. So, like I said, as I get into my message this morning, that's really where my heart was. Because I was trying to think, you know, do I just do a, a message on prayer? Do I do a message on New Year's? Do I do a message on New Beginnings? I think I've done all those already. And because it is, I mean, it's pretty much every year we get to start over. It's a new calendar. And so we can look back and say, okay, God, over this last year, I've made mistakes. Because we all have. And the Bible tells us if any of you say you're not a sinner, you're a liar. And the truth is not in you, is what God's word says. So I truly believe that, yes, we are all sinners saved by grace, but I am a saint who still struggles with my flesh. And so my sins don't get to define me. My mistakes don't get to define me. What I do wrong doesn't get to define me. And so I said, okay, how do, how do we get past that? And that, that word seek kept coming back. If you want things to change, then you have to change. And again, we all know we can't change on our own. If we could, the bookshelves at, at the bookstores wouldn't be over 25% full of self-help books. Okay, because if self-help worked, everyone would be good. Now, we do have the greatest self-help book ever written in the Bible, but it is a selfless book. It's a surrender book. If you want to help yourself, I know it's counterculture and it goes against everything we think, we have to submit to grow. And so as a church this year, that was, that was my prayer, is that we're going to seek for more understanding in our faith. We're going to seek for more understanding of who God is, not who we think he is. We're going to seek to know more of Jesus and him crucified so he becomes more of our lives so we can go out there and share it. We're going to ask God to search our thoughts and our minds. We're going to say, Jesus, I want to become who you want me to come, become to my job, to my friends, to my family. I'm going to become a better version of me because I'm starting to become a better version of you as you live through me. And that only happens when we seek God. How many of you guys go to websites and you get really frustrated when you don't see that little magnifying glass up top, the little search button? When you're looking for something and you can't find it. 
See, as a church, that's what we're going to do this year. We're going to go into search mode. We're going to let God search us, and we're going to search out him and find out, okay, God, this is what I want to know. Let me go to your word and find it. Yes, I'll go to friends because they might be able to help me to the Bible. Because, again, I, I, am, I don't know, I haven't memorized the Bible. I've read through it. I know a lot that's in there, but I ain't memorized at all. So you could come ask me where this is at, and I could say, I might be able to give you a book. Because I ain't memorized at all. And that's not something God's called me to do, because that's great. I got a lot of knowledge. But God doesn't want us to just have knowledge. You know, I was reading another, another devotional that I did this morning where too often we use our Christianity in that same way of saying, guess what, I have a lot of wisdom on this, but I never go do anything with it. See, this isn't something you're studying to take a final on. This is something you're learning to go do. Because in James it says, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers. And so we have to seek God to find out what we need to do next. Because here's the problem with our Christianity, and we kind of touched on it this morning as we were talking. When we stop investigating, when we stop searching, we stop growing. And until we get to heaven, we are never going to stop growing, or we shouldn't. See, we want to explore what it means to be a Christian this year. We want to explore what it means to live in faith. In Acts 17, 27 and 28, let me turn this on. It says this when it talks about seeking. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way or search and investigate towards him and find him. Though he is never far from any of us. And why is that so important? It's because for in him we live. We move and exist, as even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his children. See, Paul at that point is talking to Athens. He's talking to the Greeks. He's talking to all these people that had all this stuff. And he found this one big statue of an unknown God. And he wrote this verse to explain who that was. Let me explain to you who he is. Let me explain to you. And he says, this is who this is. He said, even your own poets know we're his children. I mean, that, that's, a shock. that's a shock. That's a brave statement. When he says, even what you already know, you know you're his children. You just don't know who he is. So we want to help other people seek. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. See, last year or the year before, we did a series all in to start the year. See, God's saying, if you search for me with everything you are, you're going to find me. Quit being half-hearted. Quit making me part of your life. And why these two verses are important and kind of lay a foundation for where I'm headed today, because I really, this morning is, we're going to talk a little bit about prayer, but we're going to talk about seek and, and, and seeking his presence and seeking peace today. Because some of us in the world that, with what's going on in our world today, could use a little peace. Because there is so much anxiety going on in our world right now. 
See, my prayer is not only that we'll see God, but that we let God search us. Remember last year, we kind of did a series on dangerous prayers. And one of the prayers we prayed and we broke down and prayed, we found in Psalm 139. These ones are hard prayers to pray when we're seeking God. See, we want God to search us. When we, when we do that, what we're doing is we're opening up our heart and say, God, Holy Spirit, go every crevice, everything you can find, put your light on it, and tell me if there's anything that's counter to you. And that hurts. See, he says, in this prayer, he says, know me. Again, I, I, one of my non-favorite sayings is, would you do that if God was standing next to you? Why do I not like that? Because he is. It's not what if he is standing next to you. He is standing next to you. And then he says, try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if be any hurtful way in me and lead me to everlasting life. So that's, that's the foundation of what our year... I, you know, I'm praying that it looks like is that we become the next step in where God's taking us as a body. And as we each find our place, we become the body called us to be. If you want to turn in your Bibles today, we'll, we'll do a little bit of that this morning. Philippians 4 is where we're going to go. See, we can relate to that prayer. We can relate to that prayer that David prayed with knowing my anxious thoughts. Because we all have anxious thoughts. But I want to go through some verses today and I want to break some things down today that I think will give you peace in those situations. But it's not peace that I can give you. It's like Jesus said, it's the peace that he gives. It's the peace that surpasses all understanding. And if we jump to verse 4 in Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I know that's an amen right there. Now, what we need to remember when Paul wrote this, dude was in prison. He says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice while I'm in chains. I seem to remember another time Paul did this. He was in another jail cell for remember when he, when he cast the, the spirit out of that, the fortune teller girl. And he's in prison, locked up. And what's he doing in prison? He is praising God and praying out loud, celebrating that he's locked up. See, some of us can't go to our jobs and rejoice. But Paul's in prison. Circumstantially, he had no reason to rejoice. What was going on in his life made no sense. But see, something that I need you to grasp today, and you've heard me say it before, is some of you right now need to have a praise through before you're going to get your breakthrough. you got to start rejoicing in who God is now if you want to see something happen. 
Again, if you're old like me, you remember that old saying, God is good. And what did you say? And all the time flows off the lips really easily, don't it? How many of you guys are going to go to work tomorrow and remember that? See, we can say it in church, but do we live it? That's what we want to seek this year. And say, God, I don't want to just be a Sunday morning Christian. I want to be a seven-day-a-week, 24-7 Christian. See, circumstantially, life doesn't always make sense. But we have a God who can make sense of it all. And this side of heaven, it's not going to. There will be things that happen. There will be things that go wrong. But we're going to continue to worship and praise God for who He is not for what's going on around us. You jump to verse 8. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. See, here's something we need to remember. Your focus is going to determine your reality. What you're focused on the most will help you to figure out where your attitude is going. And the reason this verse is so important is because it says, guess what? If you think about things that are pure, guess what? You're going to move towards purity. See, if you think about things that are good, you're going to move towards things that are good. If all you're thinking about is everything that's wrong, guess where you're moving? Towards everything that's wrong. You want to stop a habit? Stop thinking about it. You replace it with what's pure. You replace it with what's noble. You replace it by what's right. See, it's not about just saying, okay, I'm going to stop this. It's about putting the right things in its place. It's why Jesus gave that parable about, guess what? You can clean up the house, but if you don't put something else in the house, that dude that you just kicked out is coming back with seven of his friends and going to make it worse than when it started. See, just saying we want to stop something, if we don't replace it, it's never going to change because guess what we're always going to think about? Well, I can't do that. Well, no, it's not that you can't. Like Paul said, it's just not all good for you. Nothing's illegal, Paul said, but is it all profitable? And so we want to replace it with the things that are profitable. We're going to change our focus this year to seek what God says, not what we think. See, when Paul said rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, in other words, he said, let's make sure we're focused on the right things. We're focused on who God is. See, because the reality of Philippians 4 and what Philippians 4 is about and what's going to help you move forward in this year and changing those things, the reality of it and the vehicle of it is it's going to bring your focus is the right things is prayer. See, it's not only the vehicle that gets us there, but worship will also change your perspective. When things are going bad, if you start worshiping God for who He is, all of a sudden you start seeing things in a different light. Because when you begin to worship, you begin to interrupt your focus on yourself and you start putting it on God. You remind yourself who God is. 
And see, sometimes we need to remember that. Because our problems may seem big. Our problems may seem horrible. Our problems may seem a lot of different things. But here's how I look at it myself. And this isn't you. This is just how I look at it. I'm pretty sure Jesus wasn't a fan of having to go to the cross and have nails put in his hand and his feet. Did he do it? Yes, because he was obedient to the Father and he did it because of his love for you. So I can probably withstand a little bit of bad stuff or loving for, some, for somebody else. Why? Because this is what Jesus did for me. This is how good he is. This is how much he loves me. It's his mercy, it's his grace that changed my focus. It wasn't me trying harder. See, prayer, <laughs> I wrote this down and Mark Batterson said it. He said, prayer is about emotional management. You want to stop having ups and downs and anxiety attacks and worries and all that other stuff? Pray. Because it takes the focus off what you're worried about and puts it onto God. See, we, we learn to produce feelings of gratitude when we pray. Why? Because we're thanking God for who he is, not for what's going on. In verse 6, it says, don't be anxious about anything. That just rolls off the tongue, don't it? How easy is that one to live out? It's like, Paul, seriously, dude, how did you write that? Again, in prison, don't be anxious for anything. But here's the thing, when we're talking about the emotion of anxiety, what it really is is uncertainty about something in our future that we cannot control. That's what anxiety is. It's a form of fear. And so Paul says the antidote to that is, in everything, pray. Petition to God. Give your, give your worries and anxiety a name and bring them to God. See, when we understand that, and this, this again is, is where Mark Batterson went with this as I was reading one of his messages on anxiety. He said, what if we looked at, his, at anxiety as a gift from God instead of a problem? And what he went through and how he explained it is that as I get older, as I exercise, as I do things, or as I play sports or something like that, my body gets sore. I have pain physically. What is that physical pain telling me? There's something out of whack. There's something wrong. What are doing or you're going to hurt yourself more. Well, what if for a lot of us, anxiety was that same thing? It's that form of emotional pain that's saying there's something out of whack. Go pray about it. There's something unresolved. Something needs to be put in the Lord's hands because you're trying to hang on to it. The more... <laughs> And this again, this is Mark Batterson, not me. He says, what I want to say is that the more anxiety you experience, I think the more potential you have for prayer if you channel those feelings of anxiety into prayer. And I like that statement. Because yes, we all deal with anxiety. I am not going to minimize it. I'm not going to say it's nothing. I'm not going to say it's not a real thing. I'm not going to say just don't do it. Just don't think about it. Just don't. Because it's not that simple. 
But what we can do is take that anxiety and turn it to prayer to God. And say, okay, God, why am I dealing with this? What's going on? What's out of whack? What am I missing? And at the end of the day, do I trust you? Or do I think I have to control it? See, what happens too often is we accumulate feelings of anxiety. We accumulate them, and they keep building up, and they get so cluttered that all of a sudden we're anxious about everything, and there's no clarity in our lives. There's no, pure, there's no clarity in our prayers or anything else because our mind is running 3,000 miles an hour over everything that what if could go wrong. And so we don't do anything because we're afraid of do, to do anything. Because what if it doesn't work? Well, again, my weird way of thinking I'm like, what if it does? Now, has that always worked for me? No. I'm not going to say it's made my life simpler. But I will tell you this, that I can live in a what-if world of God doing something more than I can live in a what-if world and something might, bad might happen. Because even if my God doesn't save me, I'm never going to bow to fear. And that's basically what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had said. Even if God, God doesn't show up, we ain't ever worshiping you. Just know that. And so, it's, it's really cool the way he does it. And so in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says this. Cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. How many of you guys like to fish? All right, sweet. Y'all know how to cast? Y'all know how to use a bait caster? Some yes, some no. For you people who've never used a bait caster, they're nicer now than they were back in the day when they came out, but I guarantee you got a bird's nest the first time you learned to cast that thing before, you, before the new ones came out because you had to hold just the right pressure with your thumb to keep the line from going up. See, too often in prayer, that's what we do. We cast it, we let go of it at the wrong time, it's around behind us and catches us and we catch ourselves. Have any of you guys ever done that? How many of y'all, if you got brothers or sisters, have ever caught them? Why? Because we cast at the wrong time. So when, when Peter's saying here, cast your cares upon him, understand it takes practice, it takes time. But keep doing it, you'll get better at it. And we do it because he cares for us. We quit hooking ourselves. We quit being control freaks. We quit thinking we have to do it all. And we say, guess what, God, it's yours. As a pastor, I've had to learn to do that. With ministry, with the building, with what happens. Am I good at it all the time? No. I've hooked myself last week. <laughs> but I learned you cut the hook, and you put it all the way through, you pull it out, you're good to go. It hurts a little bit. And you redo it. And so we replace our anxiety with trust in God. Some of you today, your circumstances, you're in circumstances you don't want to be right now. I want to suggest to you this morning that maybe you're in those circumstances because God wants you to pray through those circumstances so he can teach you something. See, God cares more about the who than the do, as Craig Rochelle says. God cares more about who you're becoming more than what you're doing. Let's not just check off a box in Christianity this year. Let's seek God and take it to another level. See, the thing is, we go into that one, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, give 
make your request known to God. God already knows what we need. So why, does, why do we have to say them? Well, in psychology, it's actually called the talk cure. Most people, all they need is to talk it out. They don't want an answer. And if any of you are married, your spouse is like that. Okay, I'll say my wife is like that. She didn't want me to fix it. She just wants me to listen. I am horrible at just listening. I'm a fixer. I've had to learn to just listen. Let her talk it out, and all is good. But see, that's what we, do with, what we need to do with God as well. Bring those requests to God and just let him know what they are. Why? Because a lot of times as we talk through them, we can work through them. And so one of the reasons we do that, again, is like I said, is, is we want to we wanna talk through our issues and, and put a name on our issues so we know what we want fixed. Too often today, I think we f- pray vague prayers. We just, we just pray those, you know, not too, God, I want you to do this. We kind of say, oh, God, just bless my family. Instead of saying, God, this is what I want you to do for my family. Why? Because it's a cop-out. If God doesn't do anything, I can just say, okay. But if I ask God to do something and he doesn't do it, then what, what did I do wrong? See, you didn't do anything wrong. God's trying to build your faith to say, will you pray for what you want? Will you pray in exact prayer? I pray over our building, but guess what? I name everything in our building that I want to see God do. I don't just say, God, bless our church. I pray for all of you guys individually as God brings, brings them to my name. And so that's what we want to remember, and that's why we want to stop praying vague prayers and actually start getting specific with our prayers. Because verse 7 says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will do what? It will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So this morning what I want you guys to do is take a deep breath. Now let it out. Do it again. That is basically our physical way of saying of God, I can't control this. Will you take control? See, we take a deep breath, we inhale, we exhale. And if you've ever been watched any movies, it's in with the good, out with the bad. I've done it in healthcare. All we're, do that in your prayer time when you're anxious. Take a deep breath in, breathe out and say, okay, God, I can't control this. It's out of my hands. I'm going to take my hands off it and trust you with it. And then five minutes later, when that anxiety comes back, <laughs> do it again. Do it again till you overcome it. See, here's the thing. Most of us want the peace that passes understanding, but we want to bypass the mechanism how we get there. See, in order to have peace, you've got to have problems. And see, we don't want the problems, so do we really want the peace? I'm going to go over three things quick here at the end. The three benefits that happen when we seek God. And I'm going to read a statement from Billy Graham when he talks about this. The first thing we see when we seek God is, guess what? He says, you're going to find him. You're going to find me. And that was Acts 17, 27 when we started off. It says, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. He says, you'll find me. Ask, seek, and knock. No, all of that talks about, and I think I found like 85 times in the Bible where it just says seek God. See, the second thing seeking God does is guess what? It pleases God. Hebrews 11.6. It says, and without faith it is impossible to please God. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a what? A rewarder of those who seek him. So see, seeking God pleases God. And when we please God, guess what? Number three says, he'll reward you for seeking him. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first his kingdom. And when we do that and understand that we're seeking his righteousness, it says everything else will be taken care of. Or it says it will be added unto you. See, when we understand the benefits of seeking God, we understand that we can start taking that first step this year of knowing him more, of, be, of drawing closer to him. And like I said, as, as I finish off, I think I actually put one more verse up here, 2 Chronicles 7.14. And it basically says, you know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear them from heaven and I will heal the land. You want healing in your relationships. You want healing in your family. You want healing in your life. Humbly seek God today. Humbly come to him and repent. Billy Graham said, heaven is full of unanswered prayers for which we have failed to ask. I want to challenge us this year to be people of prayer. Prayer is not something we do. It's who we are. I don't know where your prayer life is, is right now. Some of you might be on survival mode. Some of you might have a hard time praying for more than two minutes. Some of you might be having a great thriving prayer life. But I think this is the one habit that we all need to grow more in. is coming to God. In good times as well as bad. And here's what I want to say this morning. I had to write this down. I want you guys to understand I love you guys. I believe in you guys. I know God's got great things. But my hunch is that some of you have been beating yourself up because you're not praying enough. Or you think you're no good at it. Or you think you never have the right words to say. I want whoever thinks they pray enough to raise your hand. Look around. You're with everyone else this morning. Don't judge yourself by what other people do in prayer. And if you think they're prayer warriors or you think they're great in prayer, God's saying, come to me with a humble heart. Remember, just a simple prayer of remember me, maybe sometimes all we can say. Because it's not about measuring up. It's not about being like someone else. It's about being the person God has called and created you to be. Because that's what he needs. He needs you.